Wonderful. Okay, well, um, good morning. Welcome to Harvest. Happy New Year. Glad that you decided to start off the year kicking off 2024, giving honor to God. What a way to start the year. Thank you for honoring him. You know, there's the thing when we put God first, that means he goes before us. (laughs) So every room we walk in, he's already there. Every new arena that we go to, every new encounter, every new thing that he's asked us to accomplish, when we put him first, he's already there. That's good news. That's good news. So when you come to church and you put him first, you've made a wise choice. Amen? Amen? So my name is Angie Gergen, and I have the opportunity, the blessing to be able to serve on the teaching team, guest services, wherever else they'll let me, and I'm so grateful that I can serve in these capacities. Pastor Mike and Rhonda, they've been away having a great time with family, and how many know how valuable that is? It's so good. Their kids are um, scattered here and there, and so they get together with their kids, and they get that time of refreshing and renewing. They'll be back next Sunday. I want to encourage you to pray for our pastors as they come back for safe travels. If you're a guest here this morning, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're so glad and honored you're here. I'm trusting that God's going to speak to you through the message this morning, but I also want to encourage you to come back next Sunday so that you can meet Pastor Mike and Rhonda. They are amazing people. They've been my pastors for uh, over 29 years. I know it's hard. I look so young. (laughs) They've been my pastors for over 29 years, and when you walk life out with someone for that long, you get to know them, and you get to know that they have a heart for God. They love God. They love his word, and they love the church. They give their life to serve the church. And so I would invite you to come back because um, there's always good preaching and teaching here. It's uncompromised. It's according to what the word says, and we'd love to have you join us again. If you've been coming to church for some time at Church for the Harvest, and you're interested in knowing more about the church or making this your church family, we have Church 101 today after service, right off the information desk in that Glaston room. It's a real brief meeting, but we would like to give you some information about the church. It's brief, it's friendly, and it's informative. So just join in there after service. One, a couple more things. I know um, Phil did a great job on announcements. I'm quite certain that Laura did a great job on video announcements. Take, thank you for taking the time to do that. Um, but just as a reminder, prayer and fasting, we have that January 15th through 17th. There is a sign-up sheet at the information desk. Um, if you're coming on Wednesday night, we will break the fast with um, soup and bread. So if you're coming on Wednesday night, just to sign up and, and share if you would be willing to bring Um, some soup and bread for that as well. And then next week, um, we are starting the study, The Bait of Satan. Uh, We'll be meeting in room one back in the children's area. I'm facilitating the study. It's a a six-week study. Great way to make January fly by, you know, that cold, bitter month. Um, But 8.30 to 9.30 in room one. How many of you know we do not need to be fearful of the ways of Satan, but we do need to be wise to them? right? So we don't fall subject to his tactics. So this study is going to help you live in strength and victory. And we have quite a few people signed up, but there's always room for more. So we want you to join us and it'll be a great time. So I'm excited to preach this, this morning's message. 
I believe God has given me the message this morning. I trust it's relevant to you as an individual and also to us as a whole church family. I, the mission of this message is simply to encourage you to see things different, to release your faith into the new year. I don't know about you, but I am super pumped about 2024. I've got this rumbling in my heart like I am ready to roll. And I don't know, some of you might be like, you know what, I've lived enough life. It's just another year. We'll see what happens. But I just want to challenge you this morning. I really, honest to God, believe it's time to hope again. I really believe it's time for us to rise up and be bold again. And I believe it's time to drive this thing and take ground again. The enemies had far too much leeway. Amen? I believe it's time, and I think 2024 is the year. So as we get ready to hear the word, let's just open up in prayer quick. Lord, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you for all the lovely people who are here. Lord, that they have committed this year to you. They show up on the first Sunday of the year. It's nine degrees, and they show up, God, pursuing you. Lord, I pray that you honor that. I pray that you bless them for that. Lord, I pray that as we declare your word this morning, Holy Spirit, come in a greater capacity. Open our hearts, our minds, our ears to what you have to say. And Lord, I pray that we're a people that's quick to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have an eager expectation for this year, and I hope it's contagious. <laughs> this message this morning is simply to encourage and empower you for what God has. You see, a few weeks back, before service, I came walking into service, I sat in service, and for days after the service, I had this thing just rumbling in my heart. There was some scuttlebutt going on in my personal life and things around, but here's what kept coming, and I journaled it out. It said, set your heart and your focus on what heaven is saying about you. This, all this stuff, hey, 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 set your heart and your focus on what heaven is saying about you. You know heaven's talking about us? They're like, look what's going on. They're interested in the affairs of men. It says in the Bible that there's a cloud of witnesses cheering us on. Amen? It says, you are anointed. This is what heaven is saying. You're anointed. You are called. You are chosen. This is talking about you, church. You are beloved. You are victorious, and heaven surrounds you. Watching with much anticipation, cheering you on as you continue to press on in strength. Sometimes we need to stop the ruckus that's around us. And some of that ruckus tries to rise up within us, doesn't it? Let's remind ourselves, what is God saying? What, what is God saying about us? He's saying, hey, you're created in my image. And his mind is filled with loving thoughts towards us. God is not up in heaven, a killjoy, critically analyzing. His mind is occupied with loving thoughts towards you. Amen? He knows the plans that he has for you, and this is what he declares. I know the plans I have for you, and they're good plans with a hope and a future he is the creator. And guess what? As children made in his image, we're created to create, to advance, to take the lead, to build and bring solutions into the world and bring glory and honor to him. Ultimately, that's what we do, right? We advance, we bring God onto the situation, and we bring him glory and honor. Amen? One of the greatest ways 
that we can honor God. Do you want to know what it is? One of the greatest ways we can honor God is simply to believe him. (laughs) To believe what he says about us and then walk out that trust. Simply believe that God is good and that he does not withhold any good thing from us. If any devil in hell has tried to convince you otherwise, put that lie to rest. He is lavish with his love toward us. We are the apple of his eye. Praise God. He sent Jesus, his only son, to die for us because he loves us so much. He could not live without us. So that was one of the things that was just resonating in my heart. Hey, stop listening to this ruckus. Start focusing on what heaven's saying about you. Listen to what God's saying about you. Then this other word came alongside, and it just kept resonating in my heart. I believe it's a word for our church. It was the word elevate. Elevate. Then I thought, well, I'm just going to look that up because, you know, there's always more meat, right? So I want to look that up. Here you go, Church for the Harvest. I believe this is what God has for us in 2024. Elevate. To move something to a higher place or position than from a lower one. Amen. Amen. To increase the amount or intensity of. Amen. I want more of God. To promote to a higher rank. Church, I believe God's calling us to lead. I believe he's bringing us up to a higher rank. I believe there's more in store for our church family and for you as an individual. Listen to this one to raise to a higher moral, cultural, intellectual, or spiritual level. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. I'm ready to take some ground. To lift the spirits of, to elate. Anybody here just a little overdosed on encouragement lately? I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. In recent sermons, Pastor Mike has repeatedly said, Something good is about to happen. There's something in my heart that says yes and amen. Something good is about to happen. I believe you can hang your hat on those words personally and corporately. Please do not enter into 2024 with a ho-hum attitude. Well, we'll see. Please rise up with an earnest expectation that God has something good and something good is about to happen. I know there's been some hard times. I know there's been hard times in recent months and even years, even recently. I know that. But likewise, there's also been a lot of victories and there's been a lot of good that's come forth. And I believe God's saying, you know what? That is just going to start snowballing and multiplying. You lean in and trust. See, I'm not naive to the times we live in. I'm not living in a Pollyanna world bubble. But we are children of the living God. Amen? And we can choose to live in the ruckus down here. Or we can choose to rise up and live where God moves. And that's where I'm going. I'm going with Jesus in 2024. Are you coming with me? Because I'm inviting you to join me. Come on, let's go up with Jesus in 2024. I love the story in John chapter 5. John chapter 5. It's the account where Jesus heals the crippled man. He lived with his infirmity, get this, for 38 years. Someone say, 38 years. And he heals them on the Sabbath. Oh, my. For 38 years, this man went to the pool of Bethsaida. That, that word, Bethsaida, is translated to the house of grace or the house of loving kindness. 
For 38 years, he would find himself laying by that pool because the Bible tells us that there were occurrences where the angel of the Lord would come and they'd stir up the water. And the first person to dip into that water after it was stirred would receive their healing. So there were hundreds of people laying around this pool just waiting for the water to be stirred so they could dip in and get their healing. And for 38 years, this man watched as others gained their healing And he never got into that water. For some reason, he was never able to get in for 38 years. At this point, he must have assumed, hey, it's just my lot in life. It is what it is. I'll lay around here. But then Jesus saw the man. And Jesus asks an interesting question, as he often does. He's so good with questions. I want that to ask the right question at the right time. He says, do you really want to be healed? Do you really want to be healed? It's profound, isn't it? Because naturally, what would one assume? Well, of course I want to be healed. I've been laying here for 38 years. But you see, Jesus was asking beyond his physical ailment. Jesus was going to the heart, as Jesus does. How about this? When Jesus brings you healing... And when he brings you deliverance, he's not just a happy meal. He does the full deal. He heals you from the inside out. He doesn't just take care of your physical ailment. He looks at you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, financially. God wants to take care of all of it for you. And you know what? He can because he's God and he's good. And I want to encourage you this morning to press in wherever you feel like. I'm not, I'm lacking here. Press in to God because he's God and he's good. And he can't get his mind off you. He loves you so much. So Jesus goes to the heart and he says, are you ready When he asks them, do you really want to get healed? What he's asking is, are you ready to give up this crippled, deformed identity? All of which seems like a disadvantage. It seems like the thing that's holding you back. Nonetheless, that crippled, deformed identity has become your familiar. It's become your predictable. It's become where you're comfortable because you understand how the game is played here. When Jesus shows up and intervenes in your life, he comes with a purpose to give you a new identity, to give you a new, new purpose, to increase your faith. But sometimes, are we guilty of wanting to hang on to what's familiar? Hang on to what's comfortable? I want all of you, Lord. How many of you prayed that prayer? I have. I want all of you, Lord, but I would like to bring some of my familiar with too. It feels safe. Recognize that to gain our freedom and healing, we need to let go of some of our old ways. Let God clean that out. Some of our old identities, our old comforts, our old familiar, because actually, they're not serving us well anyway. Amen? Amen? I don't want that crippled identity anymore. What, what is God asking you to let go of this year? The greatest way you can honor him is to believe him and trust and obey. Amen? Amen? So Jesus asks him, 
Do you really want to be healed? And he has to deal with that. He has to wrestle with some of those things in his heart. But Jesus moves on. He says, according to the law, it's, sorry, excuse me, but according to the law, you're not supposed to do any work on the Sabbath. Do you understand that? That was the law. And Jesus moves beyond the law with this guy, and he moves with compassion. He moves with grace and power and authority, and he heals the man, and then he commands him to pick up his mat and walk, which is another thing, again, you're not supposed to do on the Sabbath because that looks like work, right? So later when Jesus sees him again, he emphasizes, hey, you're healed. Now walk away from your sin. Walk away from that thing that crippled you and held you back. So what would you think? The Jewish leaders looking for the Messiah, what would you think? They would, they would think when they see this guy of 38 years living with an infirmity, now he's healed. Wouldn't they just rejoice and be delighted and be glad? Like, how did this happen to you? But they're not. They're not. They're angry and they're critical. And they start accusing Jesus of breaking the Sabbath. They accused Jesus, the creator of the Sabbath, of breaking the Sabbath. How many of you know Jesus didn't break anything? Amen? Amen. He comes to set us free. They're offended with Jesus and his identity because he relates to God as his father. Watch how Jesus responds to these angry Jewish leaders. He says, every day, every day, my father is at work, and I will be too. Church, isn't that good? You can declare that over your life. You see, here's the thing. Every day, God is looking out for you. Every day, he's moving on your behalf. He is faithful, and he is good. He can't get his mind off of you. And then in verse 19, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son of God can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel, that you may marvel, that you may stand in awe and astonishment and wonder and give praise to God. A miracle right before them, and they couldn't see it. They missed their, their opportunity to marvel. But shouldn't we have the same resolution in our hearts for this day, for this year, for the rest of our lives? You see, Jesus didn't just come to earth so that we could see what was. Okay? Get this. Jesus didn't just come to earth so that we could have this grand history lesson of what was. He came to show us how to be. He came to say, look, this is what I do, and this is how you do, Church for the Harvest. This is what Jesus does, and now this is how you do. You see, Jesus said, my focus is on the Father, and I'm simply going to do what I hear him do. I'm going to do what I see him do. I'm going to walk at a higher level with him. I'm not going to walk with the ruckus. I'm not counting on the house of loving kindness to be the healing. I'm going to be the loving kindness that walks into the situation. Amen? I'm not settling for the limitations of this world. 
when I can walk with him. I want to hear what he hears. I want to see what he sees. I want to do what he does. Jesus operated like that so that you and I can operate like that in this world, in this year. Amen? Amen? God is still moving. He's still moving mountains today, and he's doing it through you and through me. The best way we can honor God is to believe and to walk out that trust in him. Amen? That is the best way you can honor God. See, I want you to know that I honestly believe and am looking for with great anticipation, great expectation. I can't wait to see it come to pass. There are new ministries that are going to be birthed here in this year that are going to meet the need. They're going to identify the issue and bring the solution. There's new ministries being birthed here this year. There's new giftings being revealed. Some of you have never prophesied before. You're going to prophesy this year. There are some of you, you're laying hands on the sick, and you're going to see them recover. You're going to see miracles, all for the glory of God. There's deliverance that's coming this year, physically, mentally, emotionally, things that you thought, well, that's just the way it is. It's just my lot in life. I guess it's my burden to bear. Get a hold of this. God's going to deliver you from that this year. It's your year. He's going to deliver you and not just you because once you're delivered from something, you become a vessel that can carry out that deliverance to others. Amen? It's going to flow out of you and splash onto others and bring others to Jesus. Come on. I am excited about that. That's where I want to live in that victory. Of course, one of the best ways we can hear God (laughs) and know God, right, is through the word. Like actually cracking it open and reading the word of God. Don't you think it's funny when Jesus says to people, have you not read? (laughs) Have, Have you not read? You see, there's an expectation that because we've got this amazing gift from God right here, in digital format, in audio format, (laughs) in printed format, that there's an expectation that we'll take full advantage of what God has given us. But it's kind of amazing. I don't say this with condemnation. I say it with a challenge. It's amazing how many Christians just try to learn through osmosis. (sighs) It gets them nowhere, right? The greatest way we can grow is to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit crack this open and say, okay, Holy Ghost, I'm counting on you to give me revelation that I need, that manna, that word that I need for today, for the situation that I need for today, because God, you go before me, and I know that if you give me a word when I walk into it, I already got something that I can hang my hat on, a promise that I can stand my ground on, that I can invest my faith in. Jeff shared this testimony last week, and it was so good. I I just wanted to shout because he said, you know what? There's times that I've, I've spent in the Word, and I get revelation for myself, and there is nothing that can shake that out of him. How many of you had that? I've had that. And when that happens, it's like there is no devil in hell that can argue me down or take this truth away. It is mine. God gave it to me. Amen? But you get it only by getting into the Word of God, right? This past fall, we had Rex Crane in for several meetings. It's a great time. We had anointed teaching. There was prayer. There was miracles, prophetic words. One of the things he shared was a declaration. He shared it with several of us. 
when you're faced with a situation, look at that situation square in the eye and say, this will end well. <laughs> this will end well. And there was confidence that rose up in folks. They, they, there were things that people were facing, and they just said, this will end well. This will end well. But do you remember he gave a charge to our church to read Hebrews chapter 11 out loud, out loud, daily for seven days. Do you remember that charge? Do some of you remember? So it was so awesome because people took that charge and they read Hebrews chapter 11 out loud daily for seven days. There was an expectation on our church family something good was going to happen with that, and it did. We had multiple testimonies of healings, people coming with increased faith, Increased revelation and understanding. And, and how many heard this a few times? Man, every time I read this, it's like God showed me something new. I knew that chapter, but every time I read it, it's like God showed me something new. And you know what? Yes! That's the way the Word of God works. It's the living Word of God. That's how He designed it. There's power. When we read his word, there's also great power when we give it voice. When we declare his word over our situation, over our lives, when it's residing in us and we start to give it voice. This is not a woo-woo thing. It is a gift from God. God has given you his word. He's given you voice. He's given it for you to use and you are and be empowered to live his promises, his strength, his ways, his victory in your life. What do you got to do? Got to crack it open. You got to read it. And there's power in declaring it. Amen. We have to know what heaven is saying. We need to know in this day and age what is God saying? We need to meditate on the word, digest it integrate it into the very fibers of our being, allow it to change our DNA, change us from the inside out, allow it to renew our mind and put voice to it. Speak the word of God. You know, that's one of the reasons why worship is so powerful. Have you ever been in a funk? Maybe you come to church, you just have had a rough week, you come to church, you're kind of in a funk, and you just want to tell everybody, like, you're welcome. I made it. <laughs> Did you a favor. I'm here. Don't really want to be, but I'm here. Have you ever been there? I mean, I've had funks. I'll be honest. I'll take ownership of that. And then worship starts, and you start singing. You're singing. You still maybe have a little chip on your shoulder. One of the leaders gets up. They give a word of encouragement. They share a scripture, and it kind of hits you right here. Have you ever had that happen? Nobody wants to admit. A few nods. A few nods. Thank you. Gracious people. Thank you. It hits you right here. And you think, man, how did you know? How did you know that that was what I needed for encouragement or that's what's going on? And then, and then some more songs go and the hardness starts to break off. And those praise and worship lyrics start just kind of, they start having just a little more power behind them. Maybe your eyes start to leak. My eyes leak a lot during worship because you see, you start to sense God. You start to sense his presence. You feel a bit cleaner, a bit more hopeful. All of a sudden, you come to a resolution. You know what? I'm in the right place after all. This is exactly where I belong. The house of God is, 
exactly where I belong. You see, worship declares the goodness and the truths of God. It gives voice to who he is, and it magnifies him. And when we enter into that place, it clears out our hearts, it builds our faith, it brings us closer to him. And time and again, we see the fulfillment of the promise of James chapter 4, 8, where God says, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And God is always, always, always faithful in that. The same is true, just like with worship, when we would declare the word of God. It clears out our hearts, it softens us towards the things of God, it builds our faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen? It establishes his truth in our minds, it establishes his truth in our future, so we walk into that. It brings us closer to him. And the best way we can do it, I'm just going to say it again because we still have folks that are trying to use osmosis. The best way we can do it is to read the word. Read it to yourself. Read it out loud. Read it to your kids. Amen? (laughs) I mean, fill them up. Commit it to memory. Meditate on it. And then look for ways to exercise it. Look for ways to put it to work. Amen? I rec- I, recently, the Holy Spirit has given me a challenge, and I'm going to share it with you because maybe it'll challenge you too. But the Holy Spirit has challenged me that when I read the Word, to read with expectation that what God did through Jesus and the apostles, He wants to do through me. To envision myself in the scriptural account, if you will, responding how Jesus responded to reach out my hands in the way Jesus reached out his hands, to do the things he did, to do and say the things the apostles said, to tie my faith that since God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he's still moving through those of us who believe, even so in greater capacities. Jesus said, even greater works than these you will see. So when I'm reading those scriptural accounts, I'm actually trying to put myself in my mind's eye into those accounts and seeing myself respond the way Jesus responds. Maybe that's a challenge for you all as well. If that stirred up anything in your belly, I would propose it is. God wants to bring you to a new level of grit in your faith, the boldness to step out and believe that if he did it then, he's going to do it again. Amen? Amen? And if he did it through imperfect vessels, then he can move through me. He can move through me. I believe the greatest way we can honor God is to believe him, to take him at his word, to walk it out. This year, church, this year, one of my favorite scriptures to declare when I have the opportunity to preach is Luke 4.18. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus declared this prophetic word from Isaiah over himself in the synagogue. And it's easy to believe that those words are true for the Son of God. Well, as a believer in Christ, I have the fullness of Jesus living on the inside of me. You do too. 
I need to align my faith to receive his anointing, his power, and his declaration and put them to use. Amen? The same is true for you. It pleases the Father's heart when we believe in all that he is and all that he's given us, and we respond in faith and obedience. I want to dare you to step out this year like you've never stepped out. Allow your faith to be stretched, to be increased. Allow the thing that's been holding you back and crippling you to just let it go and to move on with God. One way or the other, you will invest your faith in something. (laughs) You will. Why not determine to put your faith in the one who loves you, (laughs) the one who is for you, the one who has great plans and a future and a hope for you? Why don't we put our faith there? Amen? Amen? Someone may argue, you know what, I'm really not a person of faith. And I would counter, everyone is a person of faith. It's just where you decide to put it. Whether you're active in where you put your faith or you're passive, you're placing your faith somewhere. For example, my family and I, we were recently at the airport, which you all know is a giant Petri dish. Right? Right? And a little ways down from where we were standing, there was a family in the This kid is licking the window. (laughs) Okay. His dad says, stop that. We're all going to go home and have either COVID flu or RSV. (laughs) He appeared very, very confident in what he was saying. I would dare say he had faith in what he spoke. Right away, I'm on the inside. I'm like, no, speak life. Speak life over your family. I mean, I wanted to help, like, here, give him some salt water, swish and spit with this, or maybe some prescription, you know, strength scope. Here. But speak life, because you will walk into what you say. We are created in his image. We are creators. Our words have power. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. James talks about the power of the tongue. He compares it to a ship's rudder a small piece that can steer and set the course of a great vessel. How easily can our hearts go from being doing okay to getting distressed, strained, tired? We get that, right? We need time to get renewed, refilled, regenerated, redeemed with hope, with new life. Words create and direct. We know this because God creates by declaring his word. I want his word to fill my mouth and create what I walk into. I want the same for you. We are made in his image. That's why it's important that we fill our hearts with God's word, put voice to it, declare it over our lives and into our future. Romans 12.2 says, do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed. Be transformed elevated. Let's go to a higher level. Let's go to a greater rank. Let's get some, some grit on how we see things spiritually, emotionally, physically. Let's, let's move on up. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then, 
here's a promise, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Amen? Amen. I want to be one that observes how Jesus acts, how he responds, and I want to replicate that. I want to do the same. You know, interesting thing, when you read through scripture and you read how Jesus responds, please note, Jesus always speaks to the solution and not the problem. He does not magnify the problem. He speaks to the solution. He speaks redemption. He speaks truth. He speaks hope. So should we. So should we. Amen? So what are you speaking in 2024? Are your words louder than heaven's? What's on repeat in your mind? What needs to be shut down and rebooted? Uh, Let's be honest. Sometimes that reboot needs to happen every couple minutes. That is the fight of faith. That's the good fight of faith. If that's what it takes is every couple minutes, you keep doing it every couple minutes until you can extend out to every three minutes. And then after every three minutes, you keep doing it until you get that thought under submission and it's not running out of control. And it is aligning with the word of God. I've been there. I've walked it out. It's worth the fight, church. It's worth the fight. We need to hear heaven. I want to tell you something, some good news. Heaven is not, has not, will not ever be discouraged. Ever. God is not, has not, will not ever be discouraged. God is not downtrodden. He's not worried. He's not disengaged. He doesn't come to a space or a need lesser than. That was something that I felt like the Holy Spirit dropped in my heart about October-ish. He's like, you look through the word. Tell me where I ever showed up lesser than. God never shows up to a challenge lesser than. In fact, the word says that he comes in and he's more than enough. Tell me in your life when you look back and you see the faithfulness of God here and you see the faithfulness of God there, where did God ever show up lesser than? He did not. He does not. He is the God of more than enough. I want to encourage you in 2024 to think on these things. Get your heart full And do not waste your words. Recognize that just like your thoughts and your imagination, those are gifts from God, your words are a gift from God, created and given to you to create. The word needs your voice. Use your thoughts to meditate and your words to declare the truth of God over your life and your family this year. Amen? Amen. Luke 6.45 says, People are known in the same way. Out of the virtue stored in their hearts. That's why it's important. What are you storing in your heart? Out of the virtue stored in their hearts, good and upright people will produce good fruit. Likewise, out of the evil hidden in their hearts, evil ones will produce what is evil. For the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit and will be heard in your words. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. We live according to what's written here. Proverbs 12, 6, the wicked use their words to ambush and accuse, but the lovers of God speak to defend and protect. Amen. That's a higher rank. That's a higher rank. When I was a kid, I remember one day my mom and I we're talking, and she was telling me stories about my family lineage. At one point in the discussion, she told me that I had a little bit of Cherokee in me. No surprise, clearly. 
you can see it, right? I was pretty excited about that. I thought, wow, that is really pretty cool. And my mom just laughed at me, and she's like, tone her down, tone her down. Uh, it's very little Cherokee, like maybe a couple drops of blood. I mean, it's a little bit of Cherokee. And, you know. and at that age, I took everything really literal. So a couple days later, I'm out riding my bike. I wipe out. I scrape up my knee really bad. I look at my knee, and I think, oh, there goes my Cherokee. <laughs> you know? It was good while it lasted. <laughs> There's times in our faith when we're walking with the Lord that we stumble and quite possibly completely wipe out and we get scraped up and we may be tempted to look at that and go, well, there goes my Jesus. Maybe as new believers and we're facing something really hard and really challenging because we're not immune to that as believers Hard and challenging does come our way, but we have a great hope, amen? But maybe when we're facing that, we think we just have a little bit of Jesus inside of us and not nearly enough to make the difference we're seeking. And I want to tell you this morning, that cannot be further from the truth. As a believer, you have a full-grown Jesus living on the inside of you. His full resurrection power and Jesus is fully engaged in your situation. When we walk with him, we don't have just a couple drops of blood, although if you knew the power of the blood, you would know that that is more than enough for you and your household. But in fact, the word says that when we come to him, out of us flows rivers of living water. You see, we aren't just leaking a little bit of Jesus, but we are gushing Jesus out to people. That that is such a good thing that we're bringing them to the same hope that we know. We're designed to walk with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit and have his life and his love flow out of us. And guess what? It's not just for our benefit. Amen? It's for the benefit of those around us so that we can build the kingdom and bring more people to this righteous hope that we have in Jesus Christ. John chapter 7 says, On the last day, that great day of feast, of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But there's something interesting I want also to be noted, and I hope that this is encouraging to you as you walk with the Lord. It's noted in the Word of God on several accounts, but I'm just going to share two examples here. In the Old Testament, we see Samuel. He was a child dedicated to the Lord's service. And in 1 Samuel chapter 2, it says the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor both with the Lord and men. In the New Testament, we see Jesus in Luke chapter 2. It says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. So here we have an Old Testament and a New Testament example Samuel, the son of man, Jesus, the son of God, both growing in wisdom and favor with God and with men. The same is true of you and I. As you endeavor on this next year, you can grow. You can increase. None of us have arrived. All of us need to continue to grow. Just like Jesus, you can grow in wisdom and favor with God and men. Hey, parents, Moms and dads, the same is true of your kids. 
This is a great scripture to declare over your kids. I uh, declare it over your kids, have expectation, and then rejoice over the goodness of God when you see it come to pass. I declared this over my kids. Kelsey, Caleb, and Caitlin grow in stature, and they grow in wisdom and favor with God and men. You better believe, I declare it over my grandkids. Legend saying Kalea grow in stature, and they grow in wisdom and favor with God and men. I have a thousand testimonies I can give where I've seen the goodness of God come to pass. I stood on that scripture for my kids. I stand on that scripture for my grandkids, parents, grandparents. I challenge you to do the same. And then when you do it, give God all the glory when you continue to see his goodness come to pass in their life. Amen? Amen? The point is, we grow. Amen? We increase. If we wipe out, we do. We learn. We get back up. We don't lose the Jesus inside of us. In fact, when we run to him, he flows out of us in a greater capacity, greater power. It says in the word of God, in our weaknesses, his strength is made perfect. Hallelujah. That's what makes us a people after God's own heart. You wipe out, you just keep going back to God. Keep going back to Jesus. I want to challenge you this year. Give yourself some grace. It's okay. Give yourself some grace. Give others grace. Continue to walk in love and let Jesus flow from you. Keep trusting and living out the promises he has for you. Go into 2024 with an eager expectation. Amen? Amen. I want to invite you to go ahead and stand with me as I invite the worship team back up and the ushers back up. We're going to get prepared for communion. But the first things first, the starting point to all of this is having a relationship with Jesus. Amen. It's by far the most important decision you could ever make. And the world has a lot of ideas on how to get to God, but the Bible is very clear that there's only one way to write relationship with God, and that's through his son, Jesus. And God thinks the world of you. He loves you so much. He can't live without you. And so that's where he made the sacrifice of his son, Jesus, to come die on the cross for our sin, to save us from our sin. The Bible teaches that we all have a sinful nature and we're in need of a Savior. So Jesus came. And after he gave his life on that cross, he conquered sin and death. And he came back to life three days later. Amen. With resurrection power that he wants to give and fill us with. The power of Jesus is still available today to all who choose to believe. So I want to encourage you just to take that step. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, we're going to pray a prayer together. And I can't think of a better way to kick off the new year than to ask Jesus to come into your heart and be Lord of your life. It's a divine exchange. He takes our sin, washes us clean, and gives us his righteousness. Do we still wipe out? Yep. Is there opportunity to grow and increase? Absolutely. God is faithful. We never lose that Jesus inside of us. We just continue to grow in him. Amen? So if you pray this prayer with me, if that's you, and just ask the Lord into your heart, it's a great way to kick off 2024. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. 
I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sin and rose again. I don't want to live apart from you. I want to hear your voice. I want to know your purpose for my life. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Be Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me strength to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.